Good day, everyone. Welcome back to Blue Abroad. This is the Jumper Punch with me, the Pom, and my esteemed Italian stallion, Rocco. How are you doing? Oh, I love that Italian stallion. What a week it's been in footy. I can use that now, and I will be using it for the Blue Boys. It's been, uh, and the girls, it's been a big week. Couple of matches, one one a bit disappointing, but one uh, pretty exciting match for us. Yes, I can't wait to get stuck into this. Well, there's a lot to talk about today, isn't there? I mean, it was a great, it was a very blue week, wasn't it? The men returned to competitive action. The girls had a make or break game as well, so it was a it was contrasting because the girls are coming towards the end of their year. The boys are beginning their journey, so kind of a coming of age for the club, isn't it? It is, it is, it is a coming in aid, and it's a. It was kind of, as you said, that the weeks kind of mixed in because I think that it's pretty much over for the girls. Unfortunately, I don't think they can make the final. It's just, it's just too hard. You can't be like three games down this early and make the finals. And then, as you said, the the boys. They went out for their first hit out, and uh, yeah, we saw some exciting signs out there. I think we got pretty excited, didn't we, Mister Pommier? Well, I mean, it doesn't take much to get me excited, Sarlene. We'll definitely, we'll dissect the boys' game. Stick around, everyone. We will go into the guys' game. But I suppose we should get the girls straight away off the bat because they played an actual season game with something on the line. And we'll have our quarter-by-quarter votes running along the bottom as we talk about it, but... Obviously, we know now the girls went down to North um, by 22 in Tasmania. Um, It was a tough start and a tough end, wasn't it, Rocco? It's another scoreless quarters, hitters hard. Them starts have plagued us all year. How did you, what did you get out of it, Rocco? It it was exactly that. It it was a bad start of like two goals in a, in a couple of minutes. And, but then, but then we should have got back and we actually did all right, you know, we kept competitive, but we just didn't take our chances, man. And that was, like you said, it was a goalless quarter. Four out of five starts have been goalless first quarters, man. This That's now a problem, and this should be all onto the coach, man. There's something wrong. And not only that, it wasn't just one goalless quarter. It was two goalless quarters, if, if you think about it, all right? So the first and third was, you, you just can't do that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, they started a little bit slow. They didn't take their chances. And then the class of North Melbourne showed us up. Easy. I mean, it, it, it was a weird one as well, wasn't it? Because I watched that first quarter and it was... They, they have to work so hard. Like, you look at, like, Gab Pound, Lalofi at the back, Wilson. Yep. They are working overtime to keep us in it. And there was moments where we were on top. And I would say, if you actually break the first quarter down, I would say probably 60-40 maybe in North's favour. Yep. But the problem was, was our ability to finish when we had the ball was just horrific. Like... That midfield to forward line, it feels like there was no link at all. Like, at times, I watched that first quarter and it felt like the girls had never played with that midfield. It was it was exactly that. And you, we all know that Maddie wasn't there, yeah? We all know. But it seemed like no one lifted. No one took that responsibility. I thought uh, Egan was going to step up. 
she does she didn't really step up you know what i mean and and i also we'll talk about the coaches but i I don't think he really adapted for her not being there and it and i don't know we just look completely out of place we didn't know what we were doing at times we looked all right we started switching and playing a fast and then other times we just played into their hands you know what i mean so there's definitely there's definitely an issue there uh, especially when there's when we're missing maddie like it's almost the old men's when people used to say no cribs no count it's almost no maddie no no girls team yeah i mean it- it is bad, and I mean, obviously, I, I thought two of the shining lights of that quarter were Mimi Hill. I thought she did yep. step up, but there's part of the problem when you've got a first-year player is yep. he's, he's been the most dynamic yep. of your group from because a, a lot of them girls now have played a lot of games. Like to use the V word, a lot of them are veterans in this discipline of AFL. Yeah, five um, like, years for sure. Do you know what I mean? They've played since the inauguration or thereabouts. So, I mean, and it's the case in point, though, of the whole season, because then we went on to the second quarter and they kind of adjust, don't they? They have that bad quarter and then suddenly they come out and they look better. They they look like they're here to do something. Yep. And that's exactly what happened in that second quarter. We thought, yep, we're back. We're back because that's what we did against Richmond. You know what I mean? We let them get those four goals and then we're back, you know. But we continued on with Richmond. They just didn't seem like after that again, after the second quarter, they were, they fell back into what they were doing in that first quarter. Bessio kicks like two goals, yeah, won a bit of an opportunist goal, you know, bounced correctly, you know. She's one that like, I don't know what's going on this year. She goes in and out way too much way too much man like she played that five or six minutes yeah harris is another one she goes in and out way too much man like she should be doing a lot more you know so yeah after that second quarter it just seemed like back back to what they were doing in that first quarter yeah i mean the second quarter i mean i feel like they burn so much energy fixing mistakes it reminds me a lot of 2018 carlton at times Yep. where they they make a few balls ups and they manage to work really hard to get back in the game and ultimately there's not much left in the tank once the scores are level yeah once to get it back and that kind of you saw it in the third quarter that that it was we were still there we were and I thought for large parts of the third we were the better side but a few umpiring decisions went against us, Let's and then it was the, it was the same yet. same old adage, wasn't it? We yep. put all that pressure on. North went down the other end, kicked a goal, and then kicked another goal very late, almost yep. in a matter of minutes. Yep. It was an 11-point change of hands, and suddenly you felt like the right was on the wall. It felt like the girls had run out of puff just yep. to fix the first quarter. Yep. And that's exactly what happened in that third quarter. Exactly what happened. You know, they they North finished off well, and we just looked like we had used up all our coins. You know, we, we, it was over. And then we moved into the fourth quarter, and Mimi Hill does that. That was a great goal. Um, um, she, it was her first goal, and we looked like yeah, maybe a bit of a chance, but again. Looks like we we used up all our coins and then North ran away with it. It, it was pretty simple, yeah. It is. It, it's a tough game. It is a tough game. We've seen it in the men's. 
We've yep. seen it a lot this year from the women's. And you've got to remember, not making an excuse for them, but they have played five rounds where they've mm. probably had to work 150% just to stay in the games because of these scholars' quarters. They've had to work a lot harder than they needed to. Yeah. And you can start to see now that it's catching up with them. That that fourth quarter, aside for the Mimi Hill bit of magic, it looked like North Melbourne had better legs towards the end, which is nothing on the girls, but they didn't have to work as hard. No, they smashed us. They smashed us in the last quarter, just poor defence. Um, they smashed us all over the ground. Forward line, like they were just taking marks. They were kicking goals, you know. I mean, the only... The only shining light for us is uh, we kick straight. What do we kick? Like five goals, six, six goals, six goals. We kick straight, you know. So apart from that, so yeah. So look, it was a disappointing, and it was like a chance for us to really embed ourselves in that six, and we didn't take that chance. So unfortunately, I think that could cost us, man. I think it's going to be very tough now. I mean, a few positives, obviously, our young midfield group got to match up without Presbarkis. To yep. play Kearney, Garner, Riddell. These are superstar midfield outfit. Yep. And although they probably got battered, they did lose the centre clearance by a decent margin. That that will be invaluable invaluable for them moving forward into next year. That they got to see what is required. They know where the benchmark is. It's always a tough job though. I, I know in my predictions video, a few Carlton fans had a bit of an issue that I tipped north. It was a job too far. Tasmania, no Prasparkis. I was one. <laughs> I was no, one. No Prasparkis. It was yeah. always going to be a tough job. And in the end, when you have two scoreless quarters, there isn't much you win in competitive sport. No. So, talk to me about your 5 4 3 2 1. Who did you end up picking, Rocco? All right, so we'll start. We're going to start with five or one. Where do you want me to start? We'll go from worst to best. All right. So the worst of the best. The worst yeah. of the best is uh, I gave one to Hoskins. I didn't really put in my votes through the thing, but I did have a look at the stats later, and she did actually have a really good game. I gave two to Pound. I thought she was phenomenal, actually. She was, especially that first half, she was really good. And LaLuffy... She was really, really good. So Pound and Luffy were excellent in the back, you know. I reckon they saved they saved another five goals, you know. Could have been I thought Mimi that. Hill had a really good game and kicked those two goals. So she got the four. And I thought Stevens was our best player for the day. So yeah, they're they're my votes. Well, I mean, it's fair. You've 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 got the same players. I I'd say Probably the wrong order, Rocco. <laughs> According to the Yorkshire pudding voting system. Here we go. We we went Hos we went Stevens one. We yeah. went Hoskin two. We went Pound three. We went Lalofi four. And I've got a soft spot for her. She's she's an honorary Yorkshire woman now. I'm gonna give her that title. Mimi Hill, you are an honorary pom, my darling. And um, she gave, she got the five votes and she won the Yorkshire Pudding Award of round five. Yeah. Um, it was good to see Mimi here as well. I've been a big rap on her all year. I've been pushing her. And uh, it was nice to write that five. 
No, no, she was good. She was good. And that um, those goals, she was really good. Just topped off a really good game from the young girl. She did really, really good, yeah. So, look, oh, I don't disagree with those votes. Saw it either way. Uh, so, yeah, I think they're good votes. They're pretty close. We're, 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 um, we're, we're getting there. We're getting pretty close. It's not we, like well, we I kind mean, of understand the, same, the game. We've the same five people, so I'm not the main thing. That's it, exactly. And, exactly. I mean, that that makes the scoreboard in the Poms Yorkshire, Yorkshire Pudding Medallion. Prasparkis obviously leads the way on 44. Egan, 19, second place. But in at three, Mimi Hill breaks the top nice. three. She's gained a hell of a load of ground on Maddie Prasparkis. If Maddie yep. Prasparkis has another week out, Mimi Hill might take that out. And in Rockers, it's pretty much the same. In at third place, 17, though, is his girl, Jess Hoskin. Two, yeah. Egan on 25. And a bit more of a narrower lead, Prasparkis on 40. So, interesting times there, Rocker. It is, it is. And, look, uh, Maddie's going to be hard to beat. She'll be back next week. But, yeah, look, look, I like that some of the young girls are right up there. So, look. The future does look good. I just think we've got a few things to learn, you know, and uh Well talking about that, I suppose we gotta talk about two of the people, coaches and umpires. What do you reckon? Yes, yeah, so, I mean we'll, the coaches and umpires vote is to, well, I mean the umpires I'm giving one. Yep. One out of ten. It was inconsistent, and if you can't be consistent, be uh, never be consistently inconsistent. Yeah. And I, I felt like the rules were changing from quarter to quarter, and dependent on whoever had the ball. I, I also question in 2021 how we don't have footage of touched behinds and how we don't have a variety of camera angles when it is in every other game. But even in the men's game, the touch behind camera is one dude with an iPhone in real Z. Yeah. Like, come on, come on, AFL. You're a multi-million dollar company. Gillian, get your hand in your pocket. Oh, I don't, um, I don't think, they think they've got enough money for that anyway. I mean, I could set up one of those, what are those, GoPros on the bloody... On the on the post, and I reckon I can get better vision. But anyway, who, what what do we know? What do we know? I've got to say, it's the same cameras as well. You know that. Have you ever noticed that? You know CCTV when the cops are looking for a yeah. for a criminal, that yeah. we can take an image from Earth of Mars, yeah. and we can look at a rock and distinguish yeah. a picture of Jesus on the side of a rock. <laughs> That's but, it. You rob your local 7-Eleven and you're lucky to make out if you're human or not. <laughs> that's, so, that's exactly I mean, it, it's a crazy, one of the few things Poms don't understand. Hey, there's a conspiracy one. in that. There's a conspiracy in that. So, I mean, what about you, Rocco? Where did you see the umpires? Nah, lucky I gave them a one, man. I've actually, I actually wrote, wrote, um, like I was marking down their decisions, you know, holding a ball too high. Uh, it was just, and they gave like a free kick for a medico who, who I understand the rule, but there was someone knocked out and the, and the medico went out there and they gave like a 50. Come on, man. Like, understand the game more. Nah, listen, I don't want to talk about these people anymore. They make me sick. They should be green. One for just showing up. I'll give you one. Remember when you used to go to school and they used to give you one for just writing your name correctly? 
And sometimes I used to get zero on my test. So what does that say about me? But um, one for just showing up. That's all you get. Yeah, I, I only gave them one because they had a working face. So, I mean, that's the uh, that's it. And what about Dan Harford? Tell me about Dan Harford. Where did you see his game? No good. No good. He got a three from me because I don't think he adapted. He knew what was going to happen from the start. Manny wasn't there, and it and it seems like there wasn't any real change. Um, again. A scoreless quarter, two scoreless again, a scoreless third quarter, and he's going to have to take responsibility for that. I saw his pest convert. He goes, it's a million-dollar question. That No, it's not. It's a $50,000 question or whatever they pay you to do the, to do your job. So get your money and work out why we are scoreless in that first quarter. So listen, that wasn't a good performance, three. Yeah, I gave him a three as well. I mean, my questions were... Like, Ahead of the ball, the movement was woeful, particularly in the third and the fourth. Yeah. It was, t and it got to the stage in the third where I think was our worst quarter. Yeah, it it was becoming so obvious what was happening that there was, and it was becoming so easy to intercept and cut off. And I I thought them two late goals that North kicked, the warning was there because they were looking to intercept that incoming ball. Eventually they did, and then in the fourth it was just too much work to do. Yeah. So yeah, to me it needs to be better structurally. We need to be better. Yeah. And then yep. we're on everyone's favourite, my favourite. Who should have stayed at home this week, Robert? mate? I'm going to be controversy here, man. And as I do, man, like one of the girls always has to stay home, like really. And and this week, like. Look, it's not this girl, Downey. She only had four possessions, but I'm not going to keep picking on her. I mean, it's not really her fault for possession. Uh, there was a first gamer. I'm not going to give it to her, Gibbs. She only had four, but we can't give it to the first gamer. Like, she tried her best, you know. So it's going to be to one of the veterans, and it's Taylor Harris. Should have stayed home. Seriously, I know if you look at the stats, you're going to see she had nine or ten possessions, whatever. It's just not good enough. She is our main forward. I think she took one mark for the whole game. One mark. Like, you're the size of Mount Everest, man. Like, you should be breaking those packs. And for some reason, she goes in and out of the game way too much, man. Way too much, you know? And then she does one good thing and everyone goes, oh, look at No. No. We need consistency. So, sorry about this. I love my girls. But sorry about this. Taylor Harris should have stayed home. Fair, 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 I think, Rocco. I do think it's fair. Um, like, I mean, obviously, when Maddie's out, it's the same as if you look at the men again. We look at Fremantle, the year that Cripper was out, and yeah. everyone was like, oh, my God, it's game over. Everyone turned their attention to Charlie. He went down after six minutes. Yep. And who was it? It was none other than one of our veterans, Mark Murphy, stepped up, got the job done. And same thing, these veterans, Taylor Harris, even though she's a young girl, she's a veteran of this exactly. game. So she is someone that we expect to do better. I do think she probably wasn't helped by um, Dan Harford's constant, at all costs, kick the ball to Taylor. Yeah, It is becoming a bit tiresome. Dan Harford, if you're watching, that game plan... If a POM recognises it, an AFLW coach is definitely going to recognise it. 
time to come up with a new plan. Yeah, and I think you might see a new plan this week, so we'll see how we go, yeah? Hopefully. Well, obviously, as always, with Rocco Stay at Home, we focus in the English way of finding something positive to get our teeth into. And we're going to get our teeth into my favourite girl at the moment, and that is young Mimi Hill. And here we are. We'll have a look at a heat map. There you are. Blue Abroad, still the only place in Australia for all heat maps, female related. Yep. So doing our bit. And it was a fantastic game. You can see she works the left-hand side really hard. Um, we needed someone to step up. And what impresses me about Mimi and this heat map is how intense she is. She really attacks the ball. And you look at Mimi Hill as well, and she's only a small girl. She's not a giant jug juggernaut on there, no. but she plays with the tenacity of a key forward, doesn't she? She really gets ahead over the ball. She looked to make something happen, take the game on. And I thoroughly enjoyed Mimi's game. She was really, really good. And if you look at that heat map, yeah, as you said, she takes care of that left side there. The positions are all the way to the back, you know, so she works hard going back and forth. And then she went forward and she scored some goals, you know. She's always looking dangerous. Yeah, now Mimi Hill, and she was uh, early pick and she's really shown, you know, like her worth. No, no, I was happy with that and I was really happy with Mimi Hill, man. She got me excited in that last quarter. That goal was terrific. Was, it was. was terrific. And talking about that goal, that is Pom's play of the day. As we can see, it was a little scrub kick forward. Um, great forward pressure. And Mimi yep. Hill there, look, proper football IQ there. She was in at the start of the play. The ball hits the deck and she just attacks the ball, races away and kicks the snaggeroo for a first in AFLW. Well-deserved goal. Oh, well, did you see the pickup? It was really good, man. Like, she's picked it up. She's just, she only had eyes for the ball and the end objective there, the goal. You know, she's picked it up, scored it. No, that was really, really good. And then she did, she did back it up with another goal after that, you know. So, yeah, so that was a great, great bit of play. Phenomenal, phenomenal game. One of the positives for the girls, that was Mimi Hill. If she doesn't get a Rising Star nomination this week, there is a crime. Yeah, I did actually write that down, that, yeah, she should be getting the rising star and well-deserve it. Exactly, yeah. And obviously, next week for the girls, Sunday at 12.40, back at Prince's Park, the home of footy, Geelong Cats girls. That should be more one-sided than me playing my son at Scrabble. You'd think so. You'd think so. The way uh, Geelong have been playing, you would think so. You know what I mean? But if they go with that sort of attitude, they might get caught out, you know, because just the way Richmond had their first win this week and really smashed them, you know, like Geelong are going to come back next week and, and really give it. But look, to be honest, we should really win that game next week. I think, it, I think you can lock that one away, throw away the key. 
That's eight it. Says, it says easy as me nana's sticky park in that game. <laughs> Absolute lock. Love so, it. Not even worried. Well, I mean, talking about not even worried, we had another game at the weekend, and yes. that was our beloved men against the scum. And there's one oh, rule on Jumper Punch that I don't allow, and that is no talk of pre-season friendlies because it no. was against Essendon. And I would expect Patrick Cripps, if he sees the captain of Essendon in a burger bar eat two burgers, Cripper should eat four because it is always a competition against these mugs. Oh, and tell me about it. It was a relatively easy game for the boys, wasn't it? They they showed quite a lot, and there was a lot of control. Oh, it was a... Look, it was a good game. It was a good game. And I know it's a pre-season, but we're allowed to get excited about this. Let's get excited about this, because it's not just that about the result. It's good to get the result, because... The scum. But... It's, it wasn't just about the result. It, it was the way the game was played. Now, you can see what Saad and Williams have done to this side. Two players have really changed the, the, the dynamic of this side, right? Saad off the back. How quick is that bloke? How, I didn't realise how quick he was. And how good is his kick? I didn't realise how good this. is. And then you had Williams in the middle. Like, you could just see, like, Cribbers... Crippers are being like let loose a little bit. The others have lifted. It changed a whole day. the way they were switching play, the way they were moving forward. You could see him moving forward, ready for it. It was almost Richmond like. And then you had that that forward work. They were rotating those young kids running around and the old ones. And I'm telling you, it really looked exciting. It looked. I'm I'm pumped. Oh, definitely, yeah, for sure. I thought what you're saying there as well, I, I did notice that there seems to be a lot more intensity and movement ahead of the ball, which is, is huge for Carlton, particularly down the back. I was really impressed with when you look at how we work the ball from defensive sets. No longer were we kicking it down the wing, just trying to relieve a bit of pressure. There was a bit of resetting going back a lot across the half-back line, slowing it down. If the target's not there, go the other end. It did feel a lot more controlled. It felt like we were going to control the footy. It felt like handballs were coming back into it as well with Saad. On movement from the boys, there seems to be more of a control of the footy as opposed to last year where sometimes we got a bit panicked and tried to kick it long to try and relieve a bit of pressure. It looks like this year we're willing to take the pressure on and keep the ball on our terms before we hit the go button. But once them boys go, like you say, with Adam Saad, Zach Williams, they're going to be tough to stop when they're in full flight. Oh, it, I'm telling you, it was exciting. And the way they're, um, they're moving their ball is amazing. And the other thing I liked was in the centre, right? In the centre now, it's starting to look... It, we're getting a different look about it. And I just wrote down the first one, two, three, four, six centimetre bounces, right? And then was Cribs Walsh Dow. The next one was Cribs Martin Walsh. Then we had Cribs Walsh Fogarty, Walsh Dow Martin, 
and then Cribs Williams Fogarty. Like the opposition don't know what's coming, mate. We're throwing everything at them, and that's sort of not relying on the same midfielders, you know, like they're all having a go. And to tell you the truth, every time that new combination like uh, got to the middle there, they did some. Always that new player that come in, Fogarty would get the ball. Martin would get the ball. So I'm excited about this uh about this center this center bounce every time, you know, a different setup. I like it. I like it. It was something David Teague said last year that he wanted to rotate believe that diversity was going to be a secret of the AFL. A lot of the top teams, they change their, their their running bounces quite often, who attends the bounces. You look at Richmond as well, having that Dustin Martin ace up their sleeve. Sometimes he's on the ball, sometimes he's not. It is really exciting. Um, I wanted to... show you and the guys and girls at home, a guy that I picked, I picked on two guys for the game this week. Um, the first one was Will Satterfield, who yes. seemed to play more of a, kind of played that Sam Mitchell role as Hawthorne back in the day. Kind of yeah. oscillated on the wing, more in between the midfield and the defence. Definitely yeah. was the relief kick out of defence and ended up 24 touches, the leading guy yeah. on the ground. Which was a bit deceiving because I didn't really notice Will too much, right? And then I had a look at his stats and he had 24 and he was playing like behind the ball there and along that wing there. And um, yeah, it, I liked it. I liked it. And he done a really good job. And as I said, he's really become an important part of our team. You know what I mean? It's... Uh, Sometimes a player like that, when when they're getting that many possessions and they're doing their job and you haven't noticed them, mate, that's like gold. That is like gold because we're not sitting there going, oh, where is he? Why isn't he getting it? Like he just did his job and he did it well. So, yeah, that was that's a good player focus. I was happy with that. It, it does remind me as well that we know Teague likes having a relief kick down the wing. Usually he yep. deploys Casbolt there. Or, yep. he just, or Harry will drop in there as that relief kick. I think Setterfield, with his height, he's a better user of the ball. And that was something yep. that we saw with Setterfield yesterday, like the other week this weekend, was his ability to hit targets and also think like a midfielder, looking yep. for the inside run, not just booting it down, looking for someone to come to him yep. and keep possession. Real assured user. And I think, like you say... He's going to be an important part of Carlton's system moving forward. Huge. And the reason they can do that is, well, we'll talk maybe about him later, but like someone like Paddy Dow now, like uh, coming in the middle, and well, everyone's talked about Paddy Dow, how good he was, but because because now the midfield and Chuck and Fogarty and Williams coming in there, like Centerfield has that chance now to do that, right? And it's given us like a different look and a weapon now. Because as you said, man, he took seven marks, you know what I mean? So he took seven marks and was that relief kick and then and then down the, uh, down the wing. But what they're also doing is you see how many times they're just uh, opening up the ground and going. When they can, they hit the middle and then attack. And that's a dangerous game style if you can get it right, and which they did, which they did against Essendon.
Well, I mean, it's high risk, high reward, as we know, yep. is how Teague plays. And one guy we're talking about, he was probably the beneficiary of this game plan, is Adam Saad as well. So here's his heat map. He had the 20 touches, three marks, two tackles. And he's someone that I, I thought was very important of what he brings. I thought it was a big game for Adam Saad, for Carlton fans to see what it's about. And one thing I noticed was his ability to run with the ball relieves pressure. I talked about it last year. Instead of kicking yep. it, a lot of top teams just look to break lines and say, well, if you're going to play a high forward press, I'll run past you. And yep. Saad showed us that. And when he took off, it really helped us relieve pressure because they were very reluctant to get too far forward because you get too far forward and he gets past you. He's gone. And I was excited about seeing Adam Saad. Excited? Man, I'm still excited, man. You got no idea, man. You can see now I'm starting to like, I'm growing the beard. I'm the I'm Adam Saad fan now. I love the bloke. But I loved him from last year. And anyone out there, I'm telling you, anyone out there last year that was going, oh, he's not worth the pick and all that, like, get off it, mate. I'm telling you, he's worth every cent and every pick we gave up for him. Man, did you see I'm sure everyone's seen it, but that time, man, there was one where he ran through the middle. Not only did he burn off his player, he ran past, and I reckon it was Shield. Lucky we didn't get Shield. It was Shield, man. He ran past him like he was standing still. How many times did Saad break that line? And that's what's important, and it's exactly what you said, man. He breaks that line, man. Teams don't know what to do, man, and he delivers. Like, everyone forgets that we got that stat last year, 81% efficiency. The bloke is an elite kick, an elite click kick. This bloke, I'm telling you, man, I'm so excited about this bloke, man. He's got a huge difference to our game, huge. And I mean, I, I, I totally agree with you. And I think watching this game, my takeout was, I want us to continue to play like that. I, I like that high risk, high reward. Yep. I think... People forget now, our team is talented. There is talented players in there. Yeah. They're no longer little kids anymore. Dow's a man, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he showed that. And one thing about Paddy Dow is it was great to see him play with a smile on his face. Oh. He was enjoying that game. Yeah. And I haven't seen that smile on Paddy Dow's face since 2018. So yeah. it was great to have Dow back, and I hope it continues. Oh. And listen, you know me. Last year, I bagged that kid. I feel sorry for him. I even bagged him for having a bloody cocktail. You know, so I, I bagged that kid. But you know what? He's come out. And this is what this is what footy's about. This is what life's about, man. You go out there. Don't worry what everyone says. And you, and you do what you do. And that's what he did, man. Like, man, he looks strong. And this is what we've been waiting for. That's why I'm so hard on the kid. Because we've seen what he can do, you know. He looks strong. And he did it. He did a couple of the, the dusty, but now we're going to change that to the Dow, right? He done a couple of dusties where he just pushed off and used that power. And then what does he do? He finishes off with like two goals. And one of them was in that goal square where he... Where that was, was Eddie Batts-esque as well, wasn't it? Mate, I didn't even think he was going to get to it, you know? And he got to it and he kicked the goal, you know? And all of a sudden, you know, like the whole midfield looks different, you know? So good on you, Paddy Dow, man. Uh, yeah, huge. I've got to say as well, let's talk about Cripper because yeah. I've got two notes here and you'll like my first note was 
I wrote Fank Fuck. I can't say that. Fank F. Man, he man. kicked a goal and didn't celebrate. Yes. I I uh, noticed that too. It's a bit more like serious, a bit more like, hey, we've got business to do here. And that was exactly right. He just, he went back, he snapped it, and he just, like, did he go back to, I think he went for the next centre, the centre, next centre bounce. So he just ran to the centre, and he reminded me, and the old-timers will will uh, remember this, Bradley, the first goal in the 95 grand final, kicks the goal, turns around and goes back to the middle because it's all business. Yeah, so you're absolutely right, man. I noticed that. Well, the other, the other thing I wrote, and this is probably more poignant, because if it works, I don't mind him celebrating when we're beating teams by 100. Yeah. Um, is I noticed Cripper had more of a tendency this week to pass first. Yeah. And I thought that was the most important takeout for me, is now he trusts his team. He knows he doesn't yeah. have to do it himself. I noticed every time he took possession, he's looking to his left, he's looking to his right, and he's looking to be the provider because yeah. he's got some quality people around him now, hasn't he? Yeah, and this is the thing, and I think Williams is a big part of that. I think Williams is, and the rest of the midfield, that confidence. Because you look at Williams too, man, strong, it's a big bloke, you know? And I think now you're right, Cribs is thinking, I'm not the only one who has to do this, you know, like the hard work, you know? So, yeah, and... You saw especially that first and second quarter, man, he looked he looked good. And you know what? His kicking looked good too. His kicking, like, usually that's the part of his game where you're a bit worried, but his kicking looked good, man. He was hitting targets, running forward. So, yeah, man, um, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right, man. That's a good point. And talking about tough, hard work, we have St Kilda on Thursday. Now, this should be an intriguing one because... Obviously, my wife, she is a massive Saints girl. And what we know yeah. about Saints is, obviously, they're coming off the back of an absolute mauling at, yeah. the, uh, at the week. They destroyed North Melbourne, like, ridiculously as well. They yeah. won by 91 points. And uh, I watched parts of that game. Um, for the fourth quarter, St. Kilda didn't even try. So... Yeah. St Kilda are playing well. They are they are probably the most impressive side in preseason. I know it's St I know you could say it's it's North Melbourne. They're not a real football side. I'd be the first to admit they're not a real football side either. But looking at it, they they looked pretty tasty. Yeah, Stevenson was in the goals. Yeah. Um, Higgins, Mason Wood, Battle, yeah. Mi Mi all their toes fired now. That yep. was probably one area you would say, if there was an area of concern for Carlton, it was probably Waterman did go a bit crazy um, yep. on Jacob Wheatering, which is fine. He, Jacob Wheatering, we'd rather have him a bad game when he's playing at Prince's Park yep. in a preseason. But obviously, we're going to have a good benchmark here because St Kilda are on. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, what are you hoping to get out of this game? Oh, more the same, more the same. I want to see this game plan keep evolving, keep evolving, just like we evolved from the apes. I want us to evolve from last year, you know. So um, I want to just see more the same. I want to see Saad. I want to see, you know, the midfield. Um, I think we're going to have maybe a couple of extra players come in, maybe, maybe Casbold and that. So it's going to be a little bit of a different dynamic. But St Kilda's going to be 
a big test. It's going to be a big test. I know it's just the pre-season, but don't tell me now, especially the game before the main season, they're not going to go 100%. Like, this is big. And we're talking, they're looking, some of these players are looking for spots on the side. So what am I looking for? More of the same, you know what I mean? More of the same, more of the attacking style, more of the switching of play, you know what I mean? More of a... Um, getting Saad, releasing him, you know what I mean? And yeah, Weedering, I did notice, like, it wasn't his best game. That's all right, that's all right. Jones had a terrific game, you know what I mean? Doherty had a terrific game, you know? And the other thing is, it's a bit of different kind of style, do you think, with, with, uh, with St Kilda now? Like, St Kilda have got the talls up the front, we've got the small. So it's going to be good to see how we hold up. Because I think this is the way to go now with, with our side. You know, one or two bigs, a lot of smalls, a lot of pressure. I think St Kilda are a great warm-up fight for Richmond. I think if you went to Aldi and looked at their version of Richmond, you'd get St Kilda. So yep. it's very play-on heavy, very quick, very high pace. You've yep. got Higgins and Butler, who are a menace. Yep. You've got some crafty tools in memory. He's very agile. Max King is a monster. Yep. So it's really kind of a great dress rehearsal for Richmond in a couple of weeks. It's probably the perfect warm-up for them because what St Kilda can do, Richmond can do just as yep. well as well. So yep. get over that. It's going to be a good test. I mean... Obviously, I joke about Wheatering, but he was on Jake Waterman, and I'm a big fan of Jake Waterman. Those who don't know him, very tricky customer because he's six foot three, but he moves like a small forward. He's a very awkward player, and you look at a lot of the marks he got on Wheatering, it was very late in the game as the game was slowing down. So, yeah, up until that point, Wheatering had sewn him up. So, I'm not duly concerned. I think we nah. would prefer nah. to play Max King anyway. Just remember, our back line is a unit. You know what I mean? Like they did well. They're a unit, man. They're, they're like the you got um, Jones and Weedering and Doc and Sarge. You know, so they all work and, and Plowman. You know what I mean? So and they're all working well together. I'm very confident. They were a good unit last year. That's not what I'm worried about. The middle, I'm happy with. Forwards are doing pressure. The other one, too, I'm just going to quickly mention is, uh, um, first of all, SBS. I thought he had a great game. He didn't get a lot of mention, but you look at him, man. He moves smoothly, man. That bloke really delivers the ball. He rarely misses, man, and he looks like he's got time, you know? So I'm going to give, like, kudos to uh, SBS. And the other one is we got one more spot on the list, and I think it's going to be Cal Moore. What do you reckon? I think it has to be. I mean, yeah. Oscar McDonald did his best, his best scarlet. He's not a ruckman. You know, like we've put him in that spot trying to make him a ruckman. He's not a ruckman, so it was always going to be hard for him. I, I don't blame him. But Cal looked all right, man. And if he's going to be the second ruck, and he looked like he ran out of the middle a couple of times. Or, hey, he was wearing he was wearing the 30. Did you get confused for a sec? I've got to say, <laughs> I've got a sneaky feeling this is Pom's conspiracy. Um Pom's conspiracy is I don't think Charlie Kernow is as bad as the club are letting on. And I think we will see him sooner rather than later. And I did actually, when I saw a warm-up and I saw a big unit with shaved hair, for a minute think it was Charlie. I was like, the club have tricked us. 
You would have got excited. You would have got excited, mate. Um, the big man's back. I, I like that conspiracy. I like it. I like no it. No disrespect to Callum Moore, but when he turned around and I saw Callum Moore's ugly mug, I was genuinely heartbroken. Yeah, yeah. No, but listen, he did all right. So, look, I, I think he's going to have another go this, this week. So, um, yeah, look, if, if he's our last spot, I'm happy with that because we're going to need someone to and, – and Pitts. Hey, I think – everyone talks about TDK. I like TDK, but I'm thinking Pitts, man. He's our main ruckman. Let's be honest, man. If we're going to win a premiership, right, I reckon it's going to be Pitts. He's the one who's going to be our main ruckman, man. I love his work. I love it. I think Pitternet's never going to be a dominating Ruckman, but a bit like me and Terry discussed on Blue Abroad, my thought is make him a little bit like Reece Stanley. Just be competitive, win yep. 50%, and um, let just give your midfield a chance, and that's all he can do, really. And, and he does, and then he went up and kicked a couple of goals, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, so that's very, very good, mate. Excited, excited about the win and excited about St Kilda this week. Yep, so Thursday, 7.10, we've got an evening fixture. Make sure you tune in. It will be on, I believe, the app, AFL app or KO, if you have it. Yes. So, obviously, we've done that. We've done our bit. We've talked about the players who are going to join our club. So let's talk about our 19th person. Yep. That's so very week, important. We Very important to us, the 19th player. Who is it, Pom? This is your segment. Let's do it. Yeah, well, last week it was Nick Wishart who did yep. really well. Um, big shout out to him because after the girls' game, I was beside myself and um, I really did enjoy his comment on account and post when he said that. The umpires are a bunch of sister kisses, which, <laughs> which, which amused me. It was the first time I'd smiled in an hour. So, thank you very much for that, Nick. Um, this week, um, we've got Nick Wishart, who obviously drives the cheer squad bus, and you all know him from that. This week, I'm going to go a little bit closer to home with my 19th man, and I'm going to give a man that you're famous, Rocco, for getting angry. Yep. I'm famous for maybe getting a bit angry. Yep. But there's another side to the aggression, and that is Chris Beach. Now, Chris Beach, yes. he, he he broke my heart last year because against the Adelaide game, he actually broke down and had a little bit of a cry on the fan cam. Yep. And I enjoyed that because, not, not morosely, but I enjoyed it because it taught me that that's how much this game affects us. And Chris is... One of the greatest fans I've ever met. He loves yep. the club. And honestly, when we play, he goes with them. Like, he is the definition of a 19th man because he feels every tackle. He feels every goal. He, he lives the game. And I love that because he wears his heart on his sleeve and he ain't afraid to show it. So, Chris Beach, mate, God loves you. Well done, Chris, mate. And, and, and he does. He uh, comments a lot. Um, he uh, messages us a lot. You know what I mean? He's always there. Great. And and I do remember that in the fan can, yeah. And and we I mean, that's what we want. That's what we want. This 19th man, we're going to keep pushing it because we think that it's an important part of the club. We are the 19th man. We are important. And Chris really shows 
what we are, you know what I mean? And you're right, it means a lot to people. People don't realise, I hear some people go, oh, how do you like sport, you know? You've got no idea, man, it, it, it's like the old song says, it's more than a game and it is, you know? So the 19th man is very important. It's very important to us. We're going to push it and us as a team, we're going to get this through and one day we can sit back and say, hey, we did something good. So Chris, well done, mate. Yeah, well done. And anyone who gets a chance, please watch that video because honestly, it, yeah. it broke my heart watching yeah. it live. I, I was in the waiting room, right? And I'd just, I'd just torn a strip off the team. And then Chris came on and I was like, oh my God, man. Like, if I was a player and I watched Chris, I would have gone out and got him 30 touches and five goals next week. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would have done. I would have found a way. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, absolutely, absolutely. Great pick, great pick. Well done, Chris. And keep going, guys, man. Keep sending those messages. Uh, we we appreciate all the messages we get. Push the like button. Um, we, we're loving it. We, we love doing this show. And uh, let's keep on going, guys. Keep on going. Yeah, Ali, I've got to admit, I do vicariously live through the... Uh kudos of a, 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 a virtual like and a virtual comment oh we love it we love it. well it just shows you know like when we get that it, it, it's about first of all it helps it helps the channel it helps us like definitely and also makes us feel like we're appreciated you know it gives you a little bit of an up you know so yeah yeah do it for no it. other reason than it'll keep me happy <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> <laughs> that's it And obviously, because I'm happy, you're the miserable one in this combination. It's yeah. a bit of a change-up because usually I'm with Terry where I'm the angry one. So yeah. it, it, it's good to play a different role. Rocco's rant. What have you got for me this week? I love a Rocco's rant. Listen, it was going to be something different, you know. And then today, it was my son. He sent me this clip, right? Now, I don't know if everyone's seen it, but it was the game against West Coast and Fremantle, right? Yeah. Did everyone see, right, the infringement for moving off the mark and he got the 50 metre? Did everyone, everyone if, mate, go there and have a look because it is a disgrace. If this is what they've brought the rule out for, it's a bloody disgrace, man. He was on the mark. He turned around. He turned around because he was disgusted with himself, right? And he got the 50 metre. The bloke who's taking, I don't even know who these players were. I don't even know who they are. All I know is the bloke who was taking the kick wasn't even looking. He was looking around when he got the 50 metre, right? The umpires, what are you doing? This is not what the rule's been brought out for. Not for you to be put your face on the camera. No one cares about you, right? That was a disgrace, man. He moved a whole 10 centimetres and turned around and you gave a 50 for that. AFL. The bloke who runs, I don't know what his name is, the bloke who runs the umpire, whoever he is, man, have a good look, have a hard look at yourself, right? Before this gets bad during the year, I don't want to see that shit. I understand the rule, what you brought it out. I understand that you brought it out so we can move. And in actual fact, it suits us fine because we got Adam Sand, man. And you give him an extra, like, second, he's going to burn everyone. So I... The rule is okay, but that's not what it's for. That's not what it's for, right? So it's only a practice game, so I'm going to give you 
this little bit of leverage. But if that happens during the game, I'm going to tear shreds off you. That was a disgrace, man. I'm so angry over that. That's not what the rule is there for, for crying out loud. Anyway. Well, I mean, I've put it on the screen for you so you can see what Rocco's alluding to you. I mean, I I can see why. I mean, to me, I've got this theory on the roll, and a lot of people have PM'd me this footage today, so I'm actually glad you brought it up because I was getting bored of repeating myself on the uh, explanations. So I can now say, watch Jumper Punch, and I'll explain. To me, I'm actually excited about this rule because I look at this, and this is a Cowton rule. Because, yes. like, like you say, can you imagine being the man on the mark and being at the mercy of Adam Saad and not yep. being able to anticipate his run? And if you slightly anticipate too early, it's a 50-meter. You go from defense to midfield. Like, I watched this rule and I thought, you know what? We could, we could get three or four goals a game from this rule. It's, I don't mind the rule. The rule I, I can understand. But there's got to be some sort of like uh, like uh, leverage on this. You just can't be like a statue. What does what the umpire just stand on the mark then if we can't even move? Like, I understand if you go to take off, but the bloke on the mark turned around for crying out loud. Yeah. All yeah, I'm right. saying is that that's you not what it. the rule is brought <laughs> it's out so, It's funny, though. It is funny because a practice match is not my team. All right, I understand. But... <laughs> Yeah, do that in round one against Richmond, and then let's see how much you laugh. I was going to say, if that's Wheatering, kick after the siren. Yeah. I'll tell you what, play this yeah. footage back of me giggling. Look, you made a good point. I'm happy with the rule. Like, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. But there's, you know, let, let, let's be... Come on. Come on, umpires. Come on. Have some have some nows about how the game is played. That bloke there wasn't running off. He was just turning around, marking it. So what? You can't even mark what? You know how they mark the spot? What? You can't even mark the spot anymore because you'll move an extra 30 centimetres, right? So, you know, like, let's be... Uh, it, look, it might have just been they might just work on and not be so, but... It, if that's what's going to keep happening, I'm telling you, man, we, we're going to be focusing on the wrong thing, you know? No, 100% with you. I mean, I think in this case, you could see Brennan Cox was just pissed off and you yeah. can see he's turned away to probably utter some words to himself and turn around. I mean, I like I say, Rock, I hope there's some common sense come the actual season and that we don't see yeah. things like that. Like, even a warning in that situation when the umpire exactly. is, it's not... It's not trying to influence the mark. Exactly. exactly. That's all I'm asking for. Let's let's make sure that this doesn't become a talking point during the year. As I said, I don't mind the rule, but let's make sure that we use some common sense when we're... And, and you're right, too. It's a brand new rule, you know. There should be a little bit of a warning and that. Just like the umpires get a little bit of leverage, oh, you know, we... I think through through the whole practice matches, it's actually there hasn't been that many infringements, so the players have really adapted to it well. But let's not make it a talking point. But as far as the I'm loving it because Sart is going to burn, burn, burn. Indeed. Well, I mean, that's all we've got time for this week, ladies and gentlemen. I've been Pom. That's been Rocker. We'll see you next week. Go Blues! <laughs>